0: The Tragic Reunion, Written by Shweta Desai Chapter 12 Alive, Because I Can't Die Dr. M felt himself go deeper and deeper into his subconscious mind and arrived at a safe place in his mind, the library at the Hospice. Peaceful and full of books for company, the library had been a sanctuary in the real world too. The technology that allowed him to visit patients in their subconscious was sacred to venture into another's mind with permission was a privilege. To venture into a stranger's, one who had experienced violence to such a degree, was unprecedented. Doctor M or Milo, as he was called, was one of the five doctors at the spies who were competent in the use of this novel virtual reality like software. Their every foray into someone's subconscious made them better at finding the next door. The door into the young woman's subconscious appeared soon enough in Milo walked through knowing the next 20 minutes or so would be key to saving a life. The door to other patients' subconscious has always looked mediocre, like a regular door, but this patient's door was black, hardly recognizable, which made Milo hesitate as he tried to open the door. Milo opened the door and peeked in. He wasn't sure what to expect and quite hardly so. He had walked into a hurricane. This patient was in some sort of emotional turbulence. He ducked through the door looking for the patient only to find himself navigating a turbulent sea, waves crashing and lightning in the sky. There were rains and thunders, loud bangs and flashes of lightning filling up the sky and no sign of the patient. As Milo trod the water, he saw a small boat in the middle of the sea. It was caught in the eye of the storm, being thrown around by the waves. There was a woman on board, just sitting there, watching the sky. She looked completely undisturbed by the hurricane, the rain, the crashing waves or the fact that she could drown any minute the waves hit her boat, but they never did. This was so strange and foreign to Milo that he had no idea what to do except swim to the woman. He hoped she would let him on board the small boat and that this storm would calm down if he could talk to her. By the time Milo had reached the boat, the woman hadn't moved her gaze from the sky She seemed absolutely discontented to what was going on around her. Milo decided to break her reverie and shouted, Hey, hello miss, a little help here. Waving his arms to grab her attention. The woman looked startled hearing someone else's voice, much less someone who was drowning. Oh my gosh, how did, what? Sorry, here you go. The woman threw him a rope and pulled him into the boat. I'm sorry, I don't understand what's going on. What? Who? Who are you? The woman asked as she helped him into the boat and pulled the rope in. This might be distressing. Please sit down. This is all new to me as well. I am Milo or Dr. M as they call me outside, the man said. Hello Milo, Dr. Sorry, I'm Freya. How did you... Where am I? Freya was getting distressed. The sea was familiar but this man was a complete stranger. Uh, see, Freya, we are inside your mind. your subconscious, actually. What is the last thing you remember? Milo was getting nervous. The woman Freya was eyeing him nervously. He needed to get this right. It was his duty. Freya was looking at this handsome man, tall and rubbed, honey caramel eyes, and an honest smile, and she wanted to believe him. But how could they? They couldn't be in her subconscious, could they? The sea was painfully familiar though. Last thing, "Mm, gosh, mm, I think I'm running from something and then I remember the pain. Lots of pain and then nothing. Freya was scared. Why couldn't she remember more? Maybe this man could explain more. Oh, so let me tell you what I know about you. I know that you have been fatally shot. Your lungs are fatigued and your life is... Well, your life is now what you want to make of it. Milo recited her injuries as quickly as he could. What, um, what does that mean? Freya asked, unsure of how to reply. Well, we are a hostpice of a different kind. We can't save you unless you tell us to. We take care of patients based on their wishes. We believe every life is sacred and we don't wish to do anything that you wouldn't want us to do with you. We can save you, if you like, or can let you be and let nature take its root. We will let you live on till you pass away, no interventions, except life support, no fixing your injuries." Milo tried to explain the philosophy behind the Hospice. So you'd let me die? Freya was shocked and impressed. This was an extreme kind of free will. If you wanted to, you could live out your days in our virtual reality technology, cured but still in a coma. If your life outside is over, do you have anyone who is waiting for you, loves you? Milo asked hopefully. Maybe he could fix her injuries and set her off to where she belonged. Freya stood up. The sea had calmed down a bit so she could walk in the boat. Someone who loved her. No, there was no one. Anyone waiting for her? Nope. Not one. Not in any timeline. Her last hope had burned down with Renu's greenhouse. She had no one, nowhere to go, and no place she truly belonged except possibly in her head. Tell me more about this virtual reality. Freya, sitting cross-legged in the boat, next to Milo. Milo looked at the hauntingly beautiful girl in front of him and wondered how she had become so lost and so adrift. It was an option he hoped no one would ever take and explaining it to Freya was going to break his heart. The virtual reality is your playground. You decide the sort of life you want to dream of. You live in that world and essentially stay in a coma in your physical body. We give you the essential to exist as a physical body and you live your reality in your mind, whatever you want it to be. Milo tried to explain the program to his best ability. So how long does this go on for? Freya asked, intrigued at the possibility of stopping and living the life she'd wanted all her life. It goes on forever till your physical body gives up. Taking part in this reality means you are telling us to not revive you. That you are at the end of your living life, that you are giving up. Milo wanted to stress that part. Then where are we? Freya asked Milo. She didn't want to be found ever again. We are in a Hospice called the Hospice for Beautiful Souls in a time-locked bubble. You won't be found unless we give away your location on your orders. Milo knew that she would have more questions but he needed her answer. He had to find his way back. So let me get this straight. I can live in a virtual reality where my body can sustain me. No one can find me here and you won't revive me. Freya summarized everything feeling more and more excited with each passing moment. Yes, Milo agreed. What's the catch? Why are you doing this for me? Freya, suspicious again, no one was that nice. Our host spice was founded by a man who wanted to give the abandoned, forgotten, the unloved and lost people a place to exist and thrive even if it is in their own minds. People usually happen on us, in their travel or through desperation. You were sent to us by someone who wanted to save you. The virtual reality is real enough that most people never want to wake her again." Milo smiled. He knew that he had given her all the information he needed. Okay, I agree. I want to be put in that reality program, please. I have cons on my clothes. Please switch those off. I have credits, lots of them. You can donate them to the host buys. Thank you, Milo. You have finally given me the escape I have been dreaming of for a long time. Freya smiled a beautiful smile. Milo was heartened. The sea was calm now and the sun was shining. Freya was humming to herself and he knew he could leave her now. Freya, one last thing. If anyone does come looking for you, would you like me to wake you? Milo asked, getting ready to jump for the door again. No, thank you, Milo. Do not resuscitate. Freya waved as Milo jumped into the water and swam to find his door.